Coming up, are you making these customer service mistakes at your haunt? Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the Haunted Attraction Network podcast, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, education, and on-location coverage from Halloween experiences around the world. Whether you're a professional or enthusiast, each episode helps you better prepare for Halloween. Outside of this podcast, we have videos, education for your haunt, groups, and even events. Links to everything that we do are in the show notes. Today, we're airing an episode from one of our partner stations, The Scare Factor. The Scare Factor is a nationwide haunted house review website and directory, and this episode is from one of their companion podcasts. This episode is all about customer service pet peeves that professional reviewers see at haunts. Listen to hear what they are and the tactics for how to address them at your haunt. Okay, here's The Scare Factor. Ladies and gentlemen, boils and ghouls, it's the Scare Factor Podcast Season 2. What's going on, everybody? Tyler here at thescarefactor.com. And today we have Nora here with us. Hi, Nora. Hello. And we also, of course, have our lovely friends Brian and Tiffany. Brian is our Central New York team, and Tiffany is our Washington team. How are you guys doing? Don't everybody talk at once. I, I'm here. Um, I had to mute you guys when we were doing our our pre-recording. You were misbehaving. Sync. Yes. Brian's being an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I'm the asshole. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of assholes, that's a good segue into this month's or this week's topic. And we are talking about pet peeves, customer service. We want your manager. Buckle up, folks. This is going to be a pretty lengthy one if we have anything to say about it. (laughs) So so we got three different sections here that we're going to break it down into. We're going to talk about before the haunt, as in like before we arrive, and then while we're at the haunt, and then if we have any room for fodder left at the end, we'll talk about some of the stuff we can't stand seeing inside the haunt as it relates to customer service stuff. What do you guys think? I think that should work. We'll see how far we get. Mm-hmm. 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 So according to our reviewing criteria, the main things that we look at for customer service is just your basic stuff like was it easy to locate and park and like fig- you know figure out where to go once you get on the property, that sort of thing. Was the place safe? How professional, helpful, and friendly were the staff members? Could we find their information? Pretty basic stuff, but no matter how basic it may be, some haunts still really struggle to pull off some of this stuff, and it really ticks us off whenever we come across it. So, uh, so yeah, you you would think that like with basic things, it would be really hard to fuck this up, but apparently, haunters are super creative people, so they found a way. <laughs> they are very creative. <laughs> So let's get started with some of the stuff we see before we get to the haunt. So before we go to the haunt, we need to know where the haunt is, how much their tickets are, and we need to kind of get an idea of what to expect once we get there and get inside the attraction. Like we need to know if you're a hayride, are you indoor, are you outdoor, that sort of thing. And it's actually not that common to find some of that information. I mean, I think folks may assume that they're indoor unless they have a name like you know, Field of Screams or Hayride to Horror or Trail of Terror, that sort of thing. You can probably derive a little bit of basic info on that sort of thing. But not all haunts are so cleverly named. <laughs> and thus, we need a little bit of help to figure out where you are. Does anybody have any comments on that? 
or Terror Field, which is an indoor hunt. That is true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that one definitely <laughs> threw me for a loop when I uh, the first time we saw them last year. Right? I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, okay, this is probably like a trail and an indoor thing. Nope, all indoors. I think that's also where you get like the questions from um, customers and stuff of like, is my shoes are my shoes going to get muddy? And you're just like. Uh, I mean, it's an indoor haunt. It's all paved. No, like you're good. <laughs> so those FAQs seem like really, really off sometimes. But then when you do have like those misnomer uh, type of attractions, like the FAQs is kind of where I default to to try to hunt for it if it's not really explicit. Absolutely. If a, a good FAQ page, and I'll reiterate that, a good FAQ page <laughs> can be quite invaluable to those of us that need to know what's going on at your place. So fix your FAQs. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so please. some of our peeves in this topic number one is, of course, the bad websites that we're referring to, out-of-date marketing, and even using copyrighted characters or artwork on marketing and all of that stuff makes us cringe so much because, well, you have characters inside your haunt, so why do you need to use other people's characters or illegal characters? You know, when you use Pennywise the Clown and we get there and he's there, A, you're really probably not supposed to use Pennywise because he's trademarked or copyrighted or whatever you want to call it. But when you use, like, Pennywise and he's not there or some other clown— Customers are kind of like, well, where's that really scary clown that they showed on their website or whatever? And we see that a lot with um, some of the haunts where they're like owned or ran by the same agency or whatever the word is I'm thinking of. Um, They use the same advertising for all their haunts, but not all of that stuff is always in them. So some of that stuff makes us cringe. It's like each of these haunts should be different, especially if they're close together. So use your own you know, stuff that's inside the show to show people what you have. And the bad websites, we've had a lot of people recently asking us, do people really have that bad of a website? Yes, they do. There are so many where we can't even find a website. We go through their Facebook page and we go through their website and we still can't find the address. Like sometimes I can't even figure out what state they're in. So that's all stuff that's like, you're making it really hard for your customers to even figure out where you're at. My favorite is when you go to the social media and there's a link to a website and you click on it and it it takes you to a GoDaddy landing page. I've actually had kind of the opposite where um you always have there's the a basic Tiffany. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's weird up here. I keep telling you. Um right. <laughs> but the opposite is like okay, there's like a website and it's very nebulous. Because it tells you to go ahead and go to their social media page and then they don't have a social media page or it's a group that's private. So you have to like kind of figure out their address (laughs) by guessing a lot. Yeah, and some of them aren't even on Google. Sorry, Brian. But like it's free to add your business to Google. So like if you go to Google and type in Frightmares Haunted House, it should pop pop up right there. But a lot of them aren't even unlisted on Google. Anywhere where you can get mail, you can get your business listed mm-hmm. on Google. Absolutely. And I really like, you know, when they don't list, you know, their their hours or their location or, you know, something really important that would get me there during their show. And you call them and you go, hi, I was just wondering where are you guys located and what are your hours? And then the person on the other phone is just like, 
we're located at blah, 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 and we're open on these nights at this time. It's like, well, then you should put that on your fucking website. So yep. yeah, I don't. So you like, obviously, you're getting a lot of calls about this and you obviously are getting irritated about the number of calls. Maybe there's a reason. Mm-hmm. We were reviewing a haunt down here in Louisville and we were talking to the owner while he got a phone call and he clearly had a lot of these phone calls as well. And as soon as he opened or as soon as he answered the phone, he's like, Welcome to blah, 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 blah. We're located at blah, 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 blah. We're open from blah, 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 blah. And our ticket prices are blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, thanks. And just hang on the phone because that's what they were calling to figure out. And, you know, so he just cut right to the chase and answered all the questions right off the bat. And, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. I don't know. And I'm sure some people are just retarded and don't know how to look at the information too but yeah but you're gonna severely limit the amount of people you have calling you asking the same question if you just put it in a in a conspicuous place on your social media on your website whatever the case may be put it somewhere where people are going to see it because that's going to take a good majority of people and they're going to go oh that's where they are and that's that's when they are. No problem. Such as Google, because that's probably where they got your phone number. <laughs> probably. So related to this, um, really, really related, but I think it's just like a reviewer problem is since we like look at all these dates really early and we're trying to schedule things out, like definitely not having that information until September is really, really, that's one of my biggest ones is like. I think for the majority of customers, again, like not reviewers that are like not planning out to hit X number of haunts and all this other stuff, like maybe it's okay, but I start getting sentimental when I'm not seeing them during like now, like July and August, because I'm like, you should know like even what dates you're running. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think people pre-plan that stuff too. Oh yeah. We're not the the only ones. Like Nora was doing research here not that long ago Mm -hmm. and we're finding more and more people that are traveling farther and farther away and going to more and more haunts and like, you know, folks need to put in time for work and that sort of thing. They got to plan this Mm -hmm. shit out and they can't just wait till the first weekend of September, if that's what you're waiting on, you know, go ahead and get it out there. It's not going to cost you anything and it's not going to hurt anything. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's not going to cost you any extra to have an updated information on no. your website when you're paying for the website. Especially anyway, so. the ones that open and they still don't have dates out, but they're already open. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if you're going to reach out to us and say, Hey, we want to review this year. At the time that you're reaching out, you should know what dates are going to be open because you need to be ready for us to go, sure, what weekend did you want to do? What day did you want us to come out? Because we can schedule you first. We can get you on the schedule now so that we, we you don't have to, you know, fall wherever it may land. And, you know, if, if we say that and they go, well, we don't know yet, uh, just, you know, we'll, we'll contact you later. It doesn't matter to us if it's the first, the last, the middle, whatever. That's fine. I want that in writing because, you know, then when I reach back out to you in September and I go, hey, so I've got like the first weekend and the last weekend and you go, oh, well, no, neither of those are good. Well, then you should have fucking scheduled with me in August when you reached out. That's all I'm saying. Um, and, and, and the other thing about your marketing, your website and all that shit. Uh, and and I ran into this recently with a non-hunt related thing I saw on Facebook. Bad grammar can make you look very unprofessional. Uh, I 
I saw a post from a Six Flags park. Uh, they were advertising, you know, the cabanas at the water park, and they spelled the plural version of cabana, cabanas, with an apostrophe s. Can you imagine going to school for four years, getting a degree in marketing, and then still thinking that plural words use apostrophe s? Yeah. If you're one of those haunts out there saying that our haunts are the best there is, don't use an apostrophe for haunts. <laughs> mm, yeah. It kind of yeah, kind of counterintuitive there. <laughs> and, and on that note, if you're going to say we're the best there is, first of all, no the fuck you aren't. Second of all, <laughs> if there is standardized measurement for such a thing, we've got it. And let me tell you something, you ain't it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to be. To be that place. <laughs> yeah. Nine times out of ten, the haunts that say we're the scariest are, like, the least scariest. They are usually the family-friendly places. Yeah, right. we've gone over that before, too, when you're talking about trying to uniquely advertise your attraction. Tell people what you actually have there. Like, don't say things like, we're the scariest or we're the best. Just do something unique, you know? People want to know why you're different. Yeah. Yeah. Um that and that kind of gets into the false advertising thing too. You know, we kind of talked about this, you know, characters that is in your marketing that's not your haunt, and that's becoming a lot more common. Um actually uh Tyler and Nora, you guys came with me to um that haunt in Buffalo that I, I can't think of the name of it now. Uh but it was it was their last weekend. Catacombs. Yeah, haunted catacombs. Oh uh, that's right, yeah, yeah. House of catacombs. Uh haunted just catacombs. Just hung their we just hung their ticket on the wall yesterday and I'm like, uh it's up there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, on their marketing, even outside on the the window covers, the vinyl window wraps that they've got, they had characters that were nowhere to be found inside that haunt. And those characters looked awesome. Freaking badass. And this goes to what one of our other teams said earlier. She said one of her biggest pet peeves, this was Christy with Team Teachers of Terror. She said, when the advertising looks really good, but when you show up, the quality inside the haunt is like something you would order from Wish. And it's very <laughs> misleading. <laughs> and I'm not going to say house or the haunted catacombs was that bad because it wasn't. But when you see tons of pictures like that, like on their Facebook page and their website, and then you get there and it is a Walmart costume or something you would generally get from Spirit that hasn't been altered, you're like, what the hell? It's like Bob's Boo Barn out there. Well, and Bar Bob's Boo Barn's okay if that's what they advertise it as. Like, don't don't say it's a Big Mac and then it's just like this, I don't know. What my where my story's going? <laughs> well, you know, and to be Frozen fair, beef, damn it! <laughs> and to be fair, with haunted catacombs, we don't know if those characters normally would have been, you know, maybe Q actors because right. we, yeah, don't. we were there on because a- it was their last weekend ever. It was in the off season. Their staff was severely limited. So who's to say if that in that particular instance? If that particular, yeah, yeah. But we have seen it at other places, and we know some characters can't always be there, but yeah. And I think it happens, like, enough, because this has been brought up, like, a lot of times <laughs> since I've been reviewing. Um, like, the same observation of, like, advertising has, like, these really cool in-depth characters. Even line entertainment has really cool in-depth characters. And then um, after, like, what you actually experience in the house, like, it's not... Like, the quality is horrible. I think I would even like the line actors be represented in advertising, but I've definitely seen, like, characters in advertising 
or like themes or imagery in advertising, like not to be found anywhere actually in the house. Yeah. And, and, you know, in all fairness too, like you're, you're saying like how the Q actors look so much better than the actors you see in the attraction. And Tiff, you're, you're a haunter as well. So, you, you know, you understand this as I do, you need those cue actors to look good from every angle because you can't control the sight lines. Somebody's going to see the back of that character. They're going to see the sides. They're going to see them in, you know, brighter lights than, you know, the monster that you see jump out for a quarter of a second in the house. Yep. It seems counterintuitive, but like when I was doing MUA, I would do all of my um, line actors and characters like last because we had to spend so much time like actually applying prosthetics instead of using like masks that we used um for like in-house actors we had again they had more elaborate costumes and um but our line actors were actually like used in our advertising so it was like a one-for-one like you were able to see these characters when you came through to the haunt and like I said, I'm cool with that. Um, but I've also seen, again, like where there's promos or whatever, and it's not anything that you'll ever interact with the haunt, not even with like line actors. Yeah. Yeah, that, that gets under my skin. And we've seen a haunt take a custom character from a haunt near us and use it as their advertising. And we know that that character is custom to this attraction. So we're like, uh... That's not cool at all. <laughs> and Tiff, this is really common in your area, from what you've told us in the past, is they'll say like, oh, we have four attractions. And really, it's one big, long attraction. You exit one, and you're already in line for the next. Sometimes there's not even a, a separation of attractions. It's just a big one, right? I'm biting my tongue right now so hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pet oh, peeves. It's, it's a big one, all right. Come on with it. <laughs> Let go it of the hurts. tongue. <laughs> Let go of the tongue. <laughs> Come on, Tiffany, let it out. Blood is just so- soaking my shirt. Um. <laughs> so yeah, this this one, this one. <laughs> um. Yeah it it drives me up a wall. Um. Only because like I've got to the point, particularly in my area, just to assume that everyone's lying to me. Um. Because <laughs> they name like haunted attractions they'll say like they have so many attractions when reality it could be so many themes because it's the same walkthrough like there isn't an option to like line up and say like oh i only want to see clowns or i want to see creepy dolls no it's the same haunted house and walkthrough <laughs> and like some of them you go to different buildings but very rarely it's literally like the same sections within the same building and so it's really kind of jarring of um trying to think of like okay there's four attractions in this single building and we went from like industrially to like mad max is this like the same theme or are they <laughs> two different themes and so i try to like figure out the names of them to understand like the characters and stuff but weird things like that it's I can't really explain it other than bite, tongue, blood, shirt. Um, <laughs> I can't. Like, it just hurts my feelings so bad. <laughs> yeah, we've seen one do it in our area where 
they I don't know if they did it last year or not, but in the past they have a couple times where the attractions in Indianapolis are all multi-attractions except for just a few. And the one was like, we have four haunts at one location and you get there and it's exactly what Tiffany's talking about. It's like this one was distinctly four different areas, but they were just one right after the other one. And it's like, you know, the scared customers, if they're depending on how long they are or how involved they get in the attraction, they're going to run out of that and go, what? That was just one haunt. Where I thought there were four haunts here. And so I, I don't know if that falsely advertising how many attractions there are really helps or hinders. But for us, when we see it, we're like, oh, man, come on. Like, this is really just one show. It messes up uh, us up on our scores anyway because we kind of – there's some criteria that we use to figure out if it's actually four haunts or not, you know. So we have a little bit of uh, creative freedom there, but uh, – and in, in Nora, in your research here not long ago, did you see where very many like reviews, like customer reviews, were complaining about like not as advertised, that sort of thing? Not really, no. Yeah, so but I didn't specifically look for those types of attractions either, so that would be interesting to look into. Yeah, we might have to do another skim sometime and see if we can report back on those. And maybe it's one of those things where they just, they get so scared that they just don't care. I would, I don't know. I would think I would go through something like that and only be in one line or the option to only purchase one ticket and then be like, I thought there was more here, but right. I do that anyway. Cause I always want more. <laughs> so I get, I get so sentimental. I, I just explained this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then the other thing too that it, that makes cu- other customers go, you know, maybe we're not going to go to this one, is bad customer reviews. And I have a bit of a story for this. Um, you know, so they're, <laughs> yeah, buckle up, <laughs> buckle up for this one. Okay, now there is a haunt in the area that is not uh, not exactly liked by other haunters. Uh, for, you know, various reasons. Um, one of the reasons is the first time I ever saw this haunt in 2014, um, I went with the girl I was dating at the time and it, their marketing was kind of vague. It made it sound like maybe it was a hayride or maybe it was a trail. It wasn't really super clear as to what exactly it was. So we get there and it turns out it's a trail. Okay, fine, whatever. They had a narrator who would guide you from scene to scene through this trail, and you would stop and you would watch these little theatrical performances uh, play out. You know, the lights would come up and then the actors would do their thing. Maybe they'd come up and like try to get some up close scares to some people, and then the lights would go out and you would move along. And it was just really strange to me that like it's i i don't know i i guess the way that you know they they wanted to do this where the lights come up and the actors do their thing like they need that person that guide there to keep you at that spot until that scene is done but like that's i i appreciate the the want to be a little bit different but like it it just took away any bit of you know how scary it was um so I didn't go for a number of years after that, and then a couple of years actually before I joined the Scare Factor, I thought, you know, what? I'm going to give these guys another chance. Maybe, maybe they figured out what they were doing was like just really stupid. It it just wasn't working. It wasn't scary, and uh, so 
to their credit, they did get rid of that format. Um, and they did open up a scene at the very beginning where uh, they hadn't used it since like their opening year in like 1978 or something. Holy shit. <laughs> Which is awesome, right? Like, and this scene was incredible. It was like a dining room and oh my God, it looked so good. And they had an actor in there that would like kind of chase you around the table. So good. And they walk out on the trail and it's just fucking garbage. Oh. But um, I know. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> I saw actors on their phones. I saw all sorts of stuff. But my main complaint was while I'm standing in line, they do have an actor who's in character and is, you know, doing line actor stuff. And so this this actor, you could tell, was not very well trained on how to use their voice, right? So uh, this person was very energetic, which which is nice. You know, you you want that in a lion actor to be super energetic and get people pumped up and stuff. But uh, you could tell that their voice was going to go out by the end of that night, and it was the opening weekend. You know, uh, just no vocal control there. Um, it, the costume, while it did look good from the front, you know, if you got close to the back or the side, you could see where the mask that the actor was wearing, um, you know, there was no like makeup, no blending. You could see the actor's T-shirt underneath. Uh, you know, it was a lot of little things that all you had to do was just look and go, oh, well, you know, that that kind of sucks that, you know, you didn't take care of these little details that would be super easy to fix. So when I wrote a customer review on Facebook, I mentioned all these things. I tried to be, you know, as positive as I, as I probably could be at the time. Um, you know, maybe I was a little bit harsh on some things. Oh, no. I know. God forbid. <laughs> I was a little harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Have you fucking met me? Yeah. We, imagine we can't do that. About something. Have you fucking <laughs> met me? Jesus Christ, if you're doing something terrible, I'm going to fucking let you know. <laughs> I think we got a little bit of that before the show started. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so, so the owner replies back to me and tries to gaslight me, and he's like, "Well, that actor is special needs." And, da, da, da. and it's like, "All right, then don't put that fucking actor in the line, you fucking dimwit." <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, if you're gonna if if your actor is going to do these things, then you need to make sure that that actor is up to par, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, well, how am I supposed to fucking know that your actor is autistic? Up to par or maybe have like a partner with them that can like help them do the, what they're supposed to be doing or something, you know? Right. Yeah. And like obviously this person was able to act on their own without somebody, you know, like close to them, you know, a handler, so to speak. But like it's just like, you know, little things that like if this was any other actor in any other haunt that person would be having a talk with the acting director and, you know, the, maybe the costume person like, OK, we need to fix this. I can see the back of your neck and there's no makeup back there. It looks cheap. And so so, you know, it's just I, I had it out with, with this person and they decided they were going to personally attack me um, instead of attacking my review because they knew they had nothing on the review. Uh, so they were like so he replies back and he goes, uh Oh, well, I thought you were a, a, a legitimate haunt reviewer, but uh, no, it turns out you're just some order selector of Rite Aid. It's like, <gasps> how is this relevant? <laughs> right? You're a customer to their attraction. How, how is Do you feel better now? Yeah. Yeah. And to, ca and to cap this off, to cap this off, here's my favorite fucking part about all of this. 
I don't give a fuck anymore. Apparently. <laughs> I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to name them. But if they're listening, they know who the fuck they are. Fuck you, first of all. Second of all, they reached out to us and said, hey, can we get a review? No, you can't get a fucking review. I tried to review you and you attacked me. Yeah. Get fucked. If they will respond. I mean, there's I understand that people aren't going to take bad reviews or what they see as negative they're not going to take that very well because it's their baby and they work hard and whatever, but they also have to understand that we're trying to help them. Like yeah. we're not just nitpicking because we fucking feel like it. We're, yeah, right. we're doing it because we feel like it'll improve the attraction and it is a business and should be run and treated as such. So, you know, the suggestions that we make are the reason we dock this score is because we think you can do better and we want you to do better. And if your haunt does better, more than likely it's going to succeed. So, but they just, a lot of them just don't. Don't get that. So with Facebook and Google like reviews, um, I know like they come in pretty hard and heavy with like um, if you do have like negative reviews or say if you do have like a bad night. But I think it's I'm always under the impression of like the haunt should try to reach out to some of those people or like at least attempt because I've known so many of them to just ignore literally every single negative thing. And it's hard, like, because you don't want them fighting and be exactly like explaining like uh, Brian's uh, scenario or anything. But like, there's something into it of like, oh, thank you for like visiting. Uh, we're taking like what you say into consideration, um, that type of thing. like if they have like that nice ability to like smooth over like harsh feelings, it's really, really like I have mad respect for um, haunts that are able to like do that. Right. And, and if they had replied with, thank you for coming out, seeing our show, we're sorry that, you know, there were some things that were not up to your expectations. We'll take a look at, you know, we'll look into that and, you know, we'll fix what we can. I would be much more likely to agree to a haunt, uh, to a review now than than you know how I'm reacting now which is like no you want to get into it with me and attack me personally so suck a dick loser you know I'm not reviewing your <laughs> shitty haunt there's a reason people fucking call it trail of terrible <laughs> <laughs> he said it. yeah I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of like buzzers happening yeah yes um Drinking game, if you're listening, drinking game, take a shot every time I say fuck you. Oh, gosh. They would probably already be drunk at this point. <laughs> they would. Uh, this is what the pet peeves you. are about, no, they though. Wouldn't. We don't normally get this, like, um, fired our, up. Yeah, fired up, but the pet peeves are real because. It is sometimes like truly sad to see some of the stuff like as I was going through the customer reviews a couple weeks ago trying to I was writing down basically everything that the customers were mentioning in the reviews and trying to figure out how to weight our scoring criteria by what the customers look at the most. And some of these haunt owners responses to their reviews are awful. And we do customer service with our full time business and I may really want to tell these people to go fuck themselves, but I cannot do that in a 
public response where everyone else can see how I handled something because they're more likely going to do business, as everyone here has kind of already agreed, with someone that can take care of an upset customer over someone that tells the upset customer that they're wrong and there was reasons to why this happened and whatever. Like there was several haunts that said, we're so sorry you had a bad night. Come back tomorrow night or next weekend. We'll give you free tickets on us. Just go to the ticket booth and say this. And I'm like, that haunt, yes, it has my respect as well because they're trying to take that customer that was upset and make and give them another chance to be satisfied by their attraction. And that really should be the goal. Like you should say, okay, what could I do to turn this person around? Because we get negative reviews that impact our sales here. And if we can get those customers to change those reviews to positive, it helps our sales, literally. So the haunts really should kind of think of those that way. I know it sucks to get them. And sometimes we're the ones that give them to you. And we're not trying to tell you that you suck, but we're just trying to tell you, hey, there's ways that you can improve this. But maybe you should pay more attention to like what we're saying or ask us about it instead of getting so upset or blasting it on Facebook like, don't let the scare factor come through or don't let who so-and-so come through because we're just – we're not out to get any of you for like any reasons. We're not out there to like stab everybody. We're just – we're honest is what we're trying to be. So well, our, our goal is to promote the haunts, not to tear them down. You know, right. we're trying to do our best to let our viewers know what you have to offer and how that compares on, you know, compared to all the other haunts we've seen based on our experience. And that's how we basically come up with our scores, you know, and just because you weren't where you thought you needed to be, you know, we, we've got this system pretty well ironed out with the way we do our score sheets and, and all that sort of thing. It takes a lot of the bias out of it. I can't say it takes all of it out, but it takes a whole lot of the bias out of it. I mean, we, we even had to turn down a review team application because they said the score sheet wouldn't allow them to give the score they wanted to give. You mm -hmm. know, they wanted to give And it, it like was the haunt that me, Brian, and Tyler went to together. And we all collectively gave the haunt like a seven. And this guy wanted to give it, I think he said a three. Three or four, yeah. And because he filled out the score sheet and it gave it also gave him a seven, he was like, I, I can't review for you guys because it gave me a seven. And Brian, you'd be happy to know that that's the one that went with the other website we were talking about the other day. But uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I knew there was a reason I told him, sorry, I've already got a team. Um, yeah. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> yeah. That's what the whole score sheet is about. And I, I just, this is a different topic, but I wish some of the haunt owners would like, use our score sheet and go to other attractions or do their own and actually use it because you think something is a nine. And then when you fill out the sheet and it's like an eight, you're like, Oh, okay. That's a lot different than what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason that, you know, we, we do absolutely want haunts to succeed and do better because the better that haunts do, the more it keeps us around, the more it keeps us relevant. And trust me, we have a vested interest in keeping ourselves relevant. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not so much that, you know, we care so much about the haunts. We do. Don't get me wrong. But we care more about ourselves. And <laughs> as, as selfish as that sounds, like the more successful a haunt is, the more relevant I become as a reviewer, because then I go back every year, every other year. And now I've got, you know, a customer following that's reading my reviews going, oh, man, I love this place. Oh, I didn't see this thing that you mentioned. I'm going to go back and see it. So it's benefiting both parties here. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do love haunts very, very much. But in 
yeah, you've got a point where you know, our goal is to be the site that folks come to to learn about haunted houses and to find haunted houses near them. But it right. doesn't do us, the haunts, or the public any good if we inflate your review just to make you feel right. better, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and so you know, it's 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 a very delicate balance. But you know, personally, it just this topic specifically is just it really strikes a nerve with me when I experience bad customer service, and the reason is because I have spent almost all of my career in customer service to some degree, and so I know bad customer service when I see it. Uh, have I given bad customer service? Uh, probably. Uh, I probably gave some bad <laughs> no. customer service this week. Yeah, that's another Not shocker. Probably, but but you know, it's, here, I mean, Barbara. I've I've been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been in a customer service role for uh, right about a decade now. You know, I I I've come to see a lot of different scenarios, and I've learned a lot of different ways to handle that. So. Yeah, we're going to get fired up about this because some of us have been working in this capacity for a long time. And, you know, we know for a fact that there's better ways to handle it. Hell, we can so think of better ways yeah, to handle so, it. So, yeah. Enough on before we get to the hunt. Let's use this as a, a good time to break oh, up yeah. the really, really bad. <laughs> That's before we've <laughs> even left the fucking house. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we told haven't you even all, showed up at the hunt We told yet. you all you're going to be on f- along for a ride. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Section number two, the stuff we see when we get to the haunted attractions or at the haunted houses. So this one's important because like – so this is one of the questions that we get from our score sheet as well is how easy was it to locate the attraction? A. B. Find a place to park and C. Navigate the premises when you get there. And yeah, sometimes just finding the place can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you just have poor signage out front or like the parking lot is a field and like you can barely see where the grass is matted down to pull in. There's not any lights or signs. Yeah. And then if it's dark and you can't find a place to park, you're not sure if you're going to get mugged if you park in this parking spot, you know. Hell, we were tripping over uh, the parking block things, those big concrete parking whatever they're called. What, the jersey We were tripping over. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, we were tripping over those out in an outdoor haunted trail because their parking lot was literally pitch black and they had those randomly all over the place. And, like, there was four of us walking through there and we're all just, like, randomly falling over them. And I'm like, holy shit, that's not not safe. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's – and, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, I've been to a few haunts where – they just want you to park in the street because, or, you know, park on the side of the road because they don't have a proper parking lot. Uh, maybe they don't have the space or whatever the case might be there. And they just want you to park on the side of the road. Well, I don't feel very comfortable parking my car on the side of a county route in, at night where there's no street lights and the speed limit is 55. Okay. So the speed limit's 55. So you know for a fact people are flying through there doing 70 at minimum. I mean, YOLO, right? <laughs> yeah. YOLO, yeah. You only live once. You have to play Chicken Little, uh, going yeah. across the street. Like, you could do this. It, it's not even that. Like, I, you know, I can stand off the side of the road far enough to wait for traffic to cross. It's like, I don't want my car to get hit. Okay. <laughs> Like, I don't want to go through that nightmare of dealing with insurance. I'd like to be able to use those side mirrors. And then and then what? Like, do I get the haunt roped in and see if they have, you know, camera footage? Because God knows the person who hit you isn't going to fucking stick around. No, they're long gone. You know, so now it's on my insurance. I, I can't put it on the other driver's insurance. 
So it's you know it's it's a big deal you know that you have a good place to park where you know the risk of your car getting hit is minimized and that it's lit up you know people can you know figure out how to I I understand people don't know how to fucking park because people are idiots but like you know, do what you can to help us out. All right, okay, that's what parking flaggers are for. You know, yeah, they help a lot, exactly. and they can get more yeah. people into your parking lot. Yeah, yes, they can yes. because we don't know how to park ourselves. So give us parking attendants yep. that can park mm-hmm. us for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and not only that, but like they can make your lot more efficient because they're going to be able to see when a spot opens up, and then the next car that comes in, hey, you park over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is related to parking lots. And this is kind of like one of my things. So a lot of our haunts are outdoor haunts and they do have parking. But my issue sometimes is that the parking is really, really rough to like navigate. Um, And we have to like select certain cars that we take to review because my car would just die. Like, oh, you drive a smart car, <laughs> never, don't you? Yeah, it will just die. <laughs> Like, I can't go anywhere with it. Um, But, like, the other car, like, it's a Honda Civic. Ooh, you know, special. Um, But even with that, like, we have issues, like, getting stuck constantly. And, um... Yep, it's so Yeah, but there's a lot of mud, again, like, here, and particularly where we go. And there isn't really, like, a whole lot to, like, not not have excessive amounts of mud where your car is it just lives there after you go ahead and go through the haunt because you're not going to get that car out that night we had one of those last year yeah the other thing that helps with that is like gravel in the parking lot you know i understand that can get expensive if you have a big parking lot but you know there's things you can do in parking areas i ran into something similar last year at a haunt and i i'll give them a pass on this because it was their first year at this location they had just opened i think a month before uh but you know you had to walk through the grass around the outside of the building uh when you exited one attraction to get to the next one and you know it's it's dark it had just rained the night before so the grass is very slippery it's very muddy you know i'll give them a pass there but if i go back this year and there's no gravel i'm taking points off because, you know, that was it was obvious that like that was an issue. So they they definitely need to do something there. And, I, you know, there's tons of haunts out there that would do well to put down wood chips even would help. Yeah, mulch is better than nothing or, yeah. Like it's kind of like so we we're talking about parking lots, but you're kind of talking about getting into line. Like even I've had like midways that were just like really, really slippy, uh, slippery and um particularly like going up to the ticket booth or something like that. Like I have fallen so many times, so many times at haunts. Wow. So (laughs) I don't think I can say that I have done that in a, in a midway or anything like that in the parking lot. Yes. I'm graceful. <laughs> I'm very well, I graceful. Too, believe me. This is why we don't wear flip flops, Tiffany. <laughs> I don't wear flip flops. Don't be I, that person. <laughs> I wear boots that may or may not be wedges. But <laughs> mostly I wear boots. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've ever slipped and fallen in a midway, but definitely in areas right. where the, like there's wet grass or mud. Mm-hmm. Brian's bitter with his wedges. Yes. <laughs> 
and I don't wear wedges. I wear stilettos. Oh. oh. oh you get some traction with that back heel. Yeah, yeah just yeah. dig it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got cleats. Yeah. So back to I have the um, singular <laughs> cleats. <laughs> back to the locating the attraction. So last year, one of the review teams, um, Scott, Team Houdini, he went to an attraction that was out in the middle of nowhere, out in the woods, and there's, you know, that's what their theme is and everything. Well, he um, had contacted us because he was curious on how to properly score them on how easy was it to locate the attraction because the haunt intentionally didn't use any clear signage for people to find the property because he didn't want them to know that they were at a haunted house when they were because he wanted them to feel like it was real. So Scott was like, it was super, super hard to find because he had no signage. And then he told us it was intentional. And I'm like, uh, you've got to give him basically like a zero for how to locate it. Because if you couldn't locate it and you're used to finding attractions, neither can his customers. And I'm like, there wasn't any kind of car next to the road or anything. And he's like, no. I was like, holy that, hell. That's, yeah, a, that's weird a weird flex. one. Yeah. That's a weird one. Like, you're going to lose points on the customer service, but like, I'm definitely giving you points in your theme and atmosphere because, like, right. you're really yes. selling it there. Mm hmm. I would probably, I'm demented. I would probably put like a hanging body next to the road and tell them to look for it or something. Yeah, hanging body <laughs> or like, see if you can't get like a crashed car sort of prop or something yeah. with the four ways yeah. on. Something that tells people, like, yeah, you're here. But it's not a big lit up sign that says welcome to, you know, Americaville haunted house. And this is something that we talked a lot before, too, is like sometimes like with like uh, strip mall haunts and stuff like that, like those could be like a guessing game. But normally you could see people like you could see where they're. You can see a line. The line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they are in very all, minimal on signage. Yeah, well, they're minimal, but all strip malls have some sort of clause where they allow you to have some sort of signage. You've got to be able to let folks know, hey, this mm -hmm. is the spot where my business is. Well, and we you talked know. to a newer haunt that I think last year was their third year, and he's in a strip mall. And so when you pull into their parking lot, they have the normal strip mall sign, you know, out front. And their haunt sign is in the, what is that, like a tower sign where they're all lined Oh, the billboard vertically. sort of sign, yeah. Yes, yeah. And his haunt sign, I think it's, is it white or black, Tyler? Whatever. It was black with it's dark black red with, letters. Yes, black with red letters. So at night, there's no light behind his sign by the yeah, road. It's not backlit. So you can't see it. So then you pull into the parking lot, and they have a small sign on a big glass window in the, in the strip mall. So we park there and go up to the sign and it says the haunt's name and nothing else. Said staff only. Said staff only. Yes. So we're looking at each other like, uh, what the hell? So we get back in the car and decide to circle all the way around the strip mall. And as we get to the back, we see people going inside of an unmarked building and we're like, that must be it. And then that we notice a ghost, like one of those flailing ghosts down on the yeah. ground. And we're like, Oh, yep. This is where we are. So we mentioned to him, plus it was in his review, you need some better signage. So this year he's like, I promise you will not pass my haunt this year. I am definitely getting the signage. And I'm like, but my my concern is that you didn't think you needed it until a bunch of people pointed it out to you. Like, 
I don't, I don't know. Like people have to find where you are somehow. Like he knew where it was, so yeah. Or everybody else, it was must like know he just wasn't is, thinking but. that people would be not wondering. What, you know, it's on the back side of the strip mall. You've got to navigate them back there. It's on the back side, next to the loading docks, on the other side of the semi trailer. Yeah, there was and- a semi trailer that he can move. Which, if he's listening to this, he's probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he can move the trailer, and I'm like, you need to do that because it's blocking your entrance. <laughs> yeah, you literally cannot see it until you're on foot yeah. walking around it. And then by the time you walk around it, you're ready to walk right in. So but it's there's just not an like example. extra parking spaces, yeah. and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't drive far enough. No, you're supposed to park on that mm-hmm. other side of the semi trailer and walk around it and know that mm-hmm. it's there. But if you, didn't know it was there. Yeah. It's like you can't get there unless you know where it is, you know? Yeah. And for being right in the city, it was one of the hardest ones for us to find. But if you're a haunt goer, you know, also keep this in mind. Or before you even go, if you, like, get stressed out about getting lost or not being able to find where you're going or whatever, look them up on the maps and see if you can figure out where it's at. Sometimes we screenshot the Google Map photos and show you where they are or what they're supposed to look like because we're trying to help you get there without having any problems because we've probably ran into the problems and tried to help. Yeah. And especially places that are a little bit harder to get into, you know, before you go look at Google maps and then see if you can't figure out, okay, I'm, I'm going to be coming in from this road. I need the second entrance into this, you know, parking lot area because that's going to put me right where I need to be. And I can follow signs from there, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do to kind of brief yourself on that situation. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that I'll go that just aren't haunts where, I'll do that sort of, you know, that sort of research before I leave the house as I'm getting ready to leave. I go, okay, I'm going to review my plan. Uh, I'm going to get on the highway. I'm getting off of this exit. I'm going to take a right and I'm going to go down until I see this. And then I have to go to the light after that and make a left-hand turn. And here's this and here's that and here's the other thing. You know, so just having that detailed plan ahead of time so that way I can go, oh, okay, there's the thing. I go to the next slide. I make the left. You know, it makes it a lot easier to get into places. Um, there's, a, you know, there's a haunt here. KO is actually kind of hard to get into. If you come in from the wrong side, you're going through this pothole-filled old-ass parking lot that has been torn up by tractor trailers over the last eight years. And, like, you're in for a bad time. But if you come in from the complete opposite side of the building, it's like, boom, right into the parking lot, you know, but you wouldn't know that if you didn't go onto the, if you didn't go on Google maps and look and go, oh, this is where they want me to park, or this is, this looks like a good place to park. So do, do your research. It's not hard. It takes you five minutes to type in the address and go, okay, this, that's what I need to do to get there. But again, people are fucking stupid. (laughs) And isn't KO one of the ones where they're. Ticket booth is kind of hidden as well. Once you do get parked, it blends like in, sort, sort of. of. Yeah, their ticket booth is a little weird. Um, unless you've been there before, um, it can be a little tricky to know, oh, that's where I go for the tickets. Um, because it's they're in an old warehouse, so uh, they have this, I don't know what you'd really call it. Maybe it's like uh, it's like this little space right next to where the tractor trailers would pull in. And, you know, it's kind of on its own and they've put their uh, ticket booth inside there. But if there's not a line sticking out of that, you might not realize that's where you need to go. Um, And I think in previous years, so the last time we went was their second year at that location. 
I'm trying to think if they had any signage. I think they they did put a sign up outside of that that said tickets. Uh, but like their first year, their first year there, they didn't have a lot of time to get set up, and so okay, I can forgive that. Um, and I, I'm going to review them this year, uh, you know, God willing. So I'll, you know, that's something I'll definitely look for is to go. Okay, this is where the tickets are and everything else. And oh, and this is another thing uh, when you're at the hunt, communication between staff is huge. If you're a haunter and you're listening to this, talk to your staff, be open, communicate with each other. I've dealt with this a couple of times, Tyler and I'm sure you guys have dealt with this a lot. Tiffany, you've probably dealt with this before. You get there, they promised you free tickets, and you get to the ticket booth, you go, hi, I'm so-and-so with the Scare Factor, I'm here to pick up my tickets, and they go, yeah, that'll be $40. You go, uh, I talked to the owner, and I was under the impression that my tickets were comped. And they go, well, I didn't hear anything about that, so that'd be forty dollars. Well, I didn't bring forty dollars because you guys said. Oh, <laughs> I just yellow it be- because I have a message right here on my phone with your boss that says comp tickets. Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just pay full price for tickets because that's how avoidant I am of like not causing any fuss. I, and so right. I just I'm like la 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 la. <laughs> I, if it if it goes beyond like well I talked to your I talked to your boss and here's the message, and they're still like well it's going to cost whatever I just fuck it I don't care I'll fucking pay for it right yeah. yeah, but when they tell you something hey go to the ticket booth and get these and you get there and then the staff at the ticket booth are arguing with you like even with us we've been to one one time where she was like the owners didn't tell me anything about it you know and i'm like well we've never been here before so we would actually like to speak to them and they said when we got here to go ahead and have you radio for them and that they would come up here to the ticket booth and she was like oh i'm not doing that either they're acting i'm not bothering them okay well you're not getting a review and so we're yeah. like okay well and that was the thing we had driven i think 2 hours out of our way from another haunt just to get them into our review schedule it took us three years working with their ticket booth lady i think until they would finally say oh yeah uh make sure you know you they you do go and get us when they're here or whatever because i'm like your lady keeps telling she won't tell you guys when we're there and we don't know how to we can't go into the haunt and find you so you know if we can't ask some questions and you know I got to get a feel for the place for that year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that, like, kind of concerns me about going way out of my way for a review, especially for a place that I've never been to. Um, you know, it's like because I've run into that uh, now twice, actually, um, you know, it's like I don't want to get to this place and then be like, well, it's going to cost this. And it's like, well, I don't have that, you know, you know, unless it was agreed upon beforehand you know that way i could have the cash if it's a cash only sort of place also like if you're cash only fucking say so in your marketing and on your socials and stuff let us know that i need to go to the atm before i leave because like i don't want to use the atm on site i don't want to use the atm on site because it costs four dollars to use i'd rather go to my bank before i leave you know as i'm leaving my house Mm -hmm. and that goes for parking yeah yeah talking about other things that it's helpful to know before you get there too is uh, like uh, going back a little bit on the you know where the ticket booth is and that sort of thing. If we get our tickets online, like, do we still need to go to the ticket booth, or can we go on? Yeah. You know that sort of thing. That one's always a really hard one because I think every haunt kind of handles it differently. And then I've been to a haunt 
when you actually go there and say you got your tickets online. But then when you're on site, they try to upsell you, which is totally fine. But you find yourself in like the upsell line (laughs) and not actually in like, I already prepaid for this line um, because there isn't anything like distinguishing between the two. You just kind of see a line and you just stand in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, you missed the ticket line. You skipped that because you got, oh, but you, yeah. you still got this upsell line. <laughs> so we went to a hot COVID year, 2019, and we've never been there before. So we get there and we see this very clearly marked ticket booth and we're like, oh, there's the ticket booth. And we look at the line and we're like, holy shit balls. It's like, it looks like a three hour line, you know? And we're like, well, we got to get tickets. So let's go get in this line. So we do, and we're standing there for, oh, I'd say probably about an hour. And this could be our fault, but I don't think so. And I, one of us, I think it was me, notices a second window that looks really similar to the window that we're standing in the line for off to the left, but not as well lit as the one we're in. And I'm like, Tyler, does that say VIP on it? And he's like, yeah, it does. And I'm like, so if we're buying VIP tickets, can we go get in that line? So we bypass this three-hour ticket line and go up to this window, and she's like, yep, you buy your VIP tickets right here, and there was no one in that line. And I'm like, you couldn't have one security guard or someone walk up down there and say, if anybody wants VIP tickets, please come get in this other line. Like, wow. just a couple of stake signs in the grass, you know. Something, (laughs) yeah. VIP tickets inside of building, you know, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, Fright Night's here, um, does they have i don't know let's say five windows they have way more windows than what they need but there's a person as you come into that area that will ask did you buy your tickets online and if you say yes they tell you get in this line and if you say no they go get in that line and so it makes it makes it so much easier and you know what they never have they never have a line at the ticket window it's never more than a few people deep anyway yes and we've seen that too them doing like the will calls so People are always like, hey, save time, buy them online. And then you get there and they're like, well, you have to stand in the normal ticket booth with everybody else to get paper tickets or a wristband. And then you're like, really? That's why I bought them online was to save time. But I guess they just mean save time by not running your card here. I don't yeah, know. I saved but that we, half yeah, a second. Yeah, the will call is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks Thanks for the opportunity to save half a second. That That right there will really piss off some customers. If they get them online and they're under – the assumption that they can just show up to the haunt with their QR code or whatever you gave them. And you're like, no, you can't get in the haunt with that. You have to go stand in another line. They are not going to be happy. No, they are not. And with as many ticketing systems and stuff nowadays, they're getting pretty advanced for even just the free ones. You know, your ticket leaps and things like that. There's, I mean, they've got mobile apps too. So any staff member that you can train how to use a phone and an app and take a picture can be busting the line and scanning QR codes and have a pocket full of tickets that they can give out. You know, there's no reason why you should be limited to just one ticket window, you know, mm-hmm. use technology to your and our and advantage and wanding, get us into the freaking hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being able to wand, you can do that kind of like in a line bus too. Well, and if you've got, multi-hour long lines just to get into your security section, your security check, then you're probably doing well enough that you should be able to buy the walkthrough wand machines too, you know? Probably, yeah. <laughs> and and we said it last week, run a kiosk. Oh my God, like there's no reason not to. I don't know what they cost, but I know there are some attractions out there that could 
definitely afford to have those where it would help. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't cost, but like, I don't know, what what would a kiosk cost? Like maybe a couple thousand dollars, let's say $2,000 to run it for the entire month of October. Like the money that you save on the staff member that it replaces. Do you want me to start talking like actually like devil's advocate type of thing? Because like the problem with kiosk is. Let me guess it, you have the opposite, Tiffany. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I, I try to be supportive of you guys, but you guys speak weird things. Um, <laughs> you guys are weird. You are weird. Um So, again, a lot of outdoor haunts out here. And because of being outdoor, electricity is a huge issue. There's no Wi-Fi. It's called an extension cord. No, no. (laughs) Because everything's on a generator, and that generator has limited amount of output. Like That's true. Very delicate. Power banks and chargers. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's it's a tablet. Like, it has a battery in it. I, I understand that. But, like, if it's printing out anything, if it's, like, doing other stuff, like, even like the thing of having everyone route to a chaos, like you would need multiple chaos and you would need somehow to charge, like even your printer, like you would need some electricity going to those machines. So that's one, that's point okay. number one. And then point number two is um, the other really huge issue is Wi-Fi. Um, so cellular service or wi-fi is really really hard to come by so Same when thing you, you use for your credit card processing you well, don't do true. credit card yeah. processing <laughs> that's oh. this is the cash only sitch <laughs> yeah you if got you're cash only and you're that small time that you're not accepting Ooh. credit cards then you're probably not a kiosk con <laughs> <laughs> no that's, that's true yeah i i you know it's but you know, to your point, like not every haunt that's outdoors is going to be without Wi-Fi or without power. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of a place like Frightmare Farms where I worked and it's like, yeah, they do have an outdoor portion. Granted, they're not that far out of the way, you know, so like they have Wi-Fi there or, you know, they have the ability to get Internet to a kiosk. They have the ability to run a cable from inside to a kiosk. You know, there's. I don't know. I think there's there's solutions to be had there, but like even if it's even if the the cost to profit benefit uh, ratio there the cost to benefit is not because of the money saved from you know the the staff member that would normally be at your ticket window, maybe you're gaining more money because now you can have more people coming through because people are getting word that like hey you can go here you can buy buy your ticket online. And it's super simple. You go up to this kiosk, you scan the thing, it prints out a ticket, and you're on your way. Now, to do that right there, if you've already purchased your ticket online, couldn't they load something like that into a kiosk? Like, it might be a pain in the ass, but couldn't they do that, like, every night? So then even if they didn't have internet? You'd have to shut off your online sales before oh, yeah. you fire yeah. up the machine. Okay. But in theory, it could be done. But it, Yes, in theory. Um, so, you know, if you say, like, you can buy your ticket online, but it's a pre-sale only, and that ends the day before the weekend, or that ends the day before you show up, then, okay, sure. But, you know, somebody like me who 
I, I don't know, it's what, 1030 at night now in on the Eastern time zone. If there was a haunt open, I go, hey, you know what, let's go to a haunt. I'm going to go online, I'm going to grab a ticket, and I'm going to go. Like, I'm not going to think too much about it. You know, so I don't, like, yeah, a lot of times I will get my ticket a couple of days ahead of time just so I've got it and it's less hassle. But, yeah, there's definitely times where I've gone, you know what, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to go to a haunt. Taking ticket money and getting people in the door should be the most frictionless, easiest should be. parts of Should be is the operative phrase <laughs> there. Should be. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I just love it when we're standing in the middle of a field that's covered in mud. And we just got our car pushed out by a sheriff. And we're like, okay, which way do we go? How do we get into this place? We see people. We see a fence. How the hell do we get in there? You finally figure out how to get in there. And then you're like, okay, where's the ticket booth? And you do find that pretty easily. But then you're like, okay, where's the entrance to the haunts? There's all these people walking around. There's all these staff. But they don't ask you if you need any help. Or even though you're standing there confused, they're like, oh, they don't need any help. I'm just going to stand here and keep smoking my cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> it happens more often than you would think, really. Yeah. Mine is not being able to distinguish them from customers. So, again, being really used to, like, October being cold and, like, you have hoodies and jackets and stuff. But I'm more talking about, like, nothing at all is distinguishing them. So, you're literally going up to anyone that looks, like, oblivious. Like, not oblivious, but um, what is that word? Obliterated? <laughs> no. <laughs> they shouldn't be obliterated. Um, because with an A, whatever, I don't care. Um, but, like, they don't seem to, like, really care, like, they're there. And then you just, like, yeah. start asking them because you're like, oh, yeah, you have to work here. Dead eyes. I could, I could recognize that. And so <laughs> I start going up to customers <laughs> or like people who were dragged to the haunt and I'm like, okay, where is this thing? And then they're like, I, I don't know. And I was like, ah, oh, but you have dead eyes. Okay. And then so I go look for someone else. <laughs> look for the dead eyes. <laughs> Basically. Look for oh the dead God. eyes. <laughs> yeah. But yes, security or having security marked is like, that helps kind of calm people down probably, you know, like, the drunks and, and things like that, unruly customers, they got to see all the security wandering around and be like, oh, shit, if I do anything, these guys are going to be on me like flies on shit, you know? Or the other one is the, um, what you were saying, like parking flaggers. I've had parking flaggers like not dressed up as anything. <laughs> like also with no flags. Right. That's a probably a good way to get hit. It's a good way, but it also <laughs> just looks like patrons coming at you. <laughs> And just waving their arms. Yeah. <laughs> give them the little ye- orange flashlight and it's something, yeah. Yeah, give them something, you know. And, and then, like, even once you get past the parking situation, like, if your staff members are not in costume or they're not wearing something that shouts in big, bold letters, I work here. Like, you need something that differentiates them from somebody you know, just a regular patron, right? It doesn't cost that much to go to the dollar store and get those those little buttons that have the lights on them that flash or something. Anything that gets somebody's attention, you know, because then somebody could be like, hey, where'd you get that thing? You know, and they'd be like, oh, well, I work here. Did you have a question about something? Oh, yeah, actually. I have never went up to somebody randomly. Or, yeah, I have never went up to somebody be like, or, yo. Or like a lanyard, a lanyard with like a little flashy, um, 
they sell them for like trick or treaters. It's just a little like flashy light that goes on the costume. Give them a headlamp. Like anything like I'm, that. I'm going to go back to my original yeah. comment. Like you guys are just weird. Like I, <laughs> I, I assume if you're wearing a headlamp, you're working on a scene. Because that's the only time I've seen anybody at a haunt wearing a headlamp is because they're going into an attraction to fix something. I'm just asking for a baseball cap. Like, that's all I want. <laughs> it's just a baseball cap. <laughs> and me, I want vests, like the reflective vests on the parking attendants. So we yeah, know where that they definitely are helps. and we don't hit them. <laughs> and we know that's what their job is, is to park us. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that would be nice. Restrooms. Oh, yeah, restrooms. Let's talk about porta potties. I know one year... <laughs> I know one year we had a haunt owner. We had mentioned in their review that the particular time that we decided to go review them, I just mentioned in customer service they don't have any restrooms. And his score in customer service had gone down from the prior year, but there was a different reason for that. And he had contacted Tyler and I, and he was like, why do you score on not having any restrooms? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And we were like, well, A, we don't score on it. We just mentioned it in a review because, B, I am a female and I have to pee about every five minutes. And if you don't have a bathroom at your haunt, I need to know that because I need to go to the gas station 20 minutes down the road from your haunt because that's the closest place to go. And he was like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess we need bathrooms. And I'm like, well, do you, do you not have them for your staff too? Like you have to have some there somewhere and you can't have people in two hour lines and not – having any restrooms around you're asking for somebody to piss on somebody have you ever been we know you've been pissed off at a haunt brian but have you ever been pissed on <laughs> i've never been pissed on but i have definitely pissed on a haunt <laughs> oh my god no I, no while you were working there or to, to be fair brian? we were working on a scene <laughs> that is all the way at the back of the trail and i was okay, like i'm not okay. walking back up to the building okay i have also done the same yeah. thing right i've <laughs> I pissed on a haunt on our wedding day, so there we go. No. Yes. To, to be fair, I was I was <laughs> working. Stop. It was a work day in the summer. <laughs> We're working on a scene at the all the way at the very back of the trail. It's like a quarter mile walk back up the hill. I'm like, I forget it. I'm not. No, I'm going into the woods. I'm going behind a tree. No, I will die. I will die before I have to do anything. So definitely as like a haunt. Exposure. I don't care. <laughs> like it could explode. It's fine. Like I'll get another bladder. It'll miraculously heal I'm sure itself. Your kidneys just love you, <laughs> Tiffany. They do. <laughs> We're really close friends. There's two of them. Anyway, <laughs> um, no. So why no? The haunt actor scenario, right? The thing that like always like haunt actors love is like if you could get a customer to like piss themselves or shit themselves right it's so it's really code yellow code brown right and so it gets kind of exciting when there isn't any porta potties near the haunt <laughs> <laughs> because you're just playing russian roulette at that point so that's, <laughs> that's what that's for <laughs> yeah that's why they make you go up to like the ticket booth i'm pretty sure <laughs> they're just trying to get a code yellow yeah they are yeah but if you if you don't have any restrooms, that's kind of like the cash thing. You should probably mention it like on your website somewhere. FAQ reminder: We don't have any restrooms at our location. Please. Yeah, here's you know, this is where the nearest ones are. If we, yeah. we want to be idiots and not heed the advice, mm -hmm. then that's on us. But at least yeah. make it. Known. And if you do have them, please get them serviced, or please go out there and clean them, or check oh, to make yeah. sure that there's papers and you know the things out there, the toiletries. Because if not, you know. I'm then you got customers spreading COVID even easier. <laughs> I'm going to say it right here, right now. If you 
rent or own a porter potty and you have it at your hunt, you have a patriotic duty <laughs> to service that thing before you open your hunt. <laughs> yeah. Especially in that early September yes, time. You're just you're just not improvising like using a shirt or something like that and <laughs> cut a ring off your socks. There went my socks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You don't need to make the socks as long as they do, so they're multi-use. Oh, yeah! (laughs) You just cut a ring off of there every time you need it. That's why men are always wearing long socks with shorts. (laughs) Nora's always wondering why is this guy wearing socks up to his knees? Why do they do that? Daisy Dukes on, yeah. What is the point of the long socks and shorts? If why don't you just wear pants? I don't get it. (laughs) It's dad fashion, okay. Okay, I guess Brian must be uh, guilty. <laughs> Listen, it's dad fashion, and it's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. <laughs> okay. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, really stretching. The my feelings there. are being hurt all over. I was recently accused of having a dad bod, and I had to correct this person. I said it's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. <laughs> Yo. We're talking about pet peeves. <laughs> I, can, I can hear Tiffany hitting her hands I'm over so there. I'm so scared. <laughs> Stay on topic. I'm so scared. Uh, topic. What topic? It's in bold. What topic? It's There's in no bold. Topic here. It's in, we're just we're just talking about it shit outlined this on the spreadsheet. All right, fine. We'll talk about dad bonds on the spreadsheet. Yeah, on Brian, the, you're gonna have fun. Fine, fuck it. Brian's father figure pisses him off. My dad does piss me off from time to time, yeah. You're going to have clapping because I am that upset. Like, I can't sit here by my All right, I'll edit it out. (laughs) And no, you won't. You can't. (laughs) You just won't exist in this section, Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh. Oh. (laughs) I think it'll be funny and people will be laughing, but I could be wrong and they could be going, you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots. That's kind of what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't know that by now, Accurate. then that's what I mean. I think I think that yeah, us being a little off track is yeah. We're we're definitely gonna have to put a uh, you know a a maturity <laughs> warning at the top of this episode. Oh, I I check the the explicit content box every time I upload one. Philip's sure. gonna listen to this one and be like, "Damn, they got really mad on that one." <laughs> but he does the same thing. Oh, 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 there's an asterisk that I missed, a double asterisk. Overcharging for parking and or not announcing that you charge or right. what it's for, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we, when we've gotten, let's see, the last three or four teams, which is interesting because Tyler and I have been um, vetting or going through the application process with the team since 2000 and. 14, maybe? How long have we been doing that, Tyler? That process? With the... Say again? The vetting the teams. (laughs) Taking the teams through the app. Yeah, vetting the teams. How long have you and I been doing that? Oh, with the application? Yeah, Maybe it's like 2000... Probably 15 or so, yeah. Uh, Anyway, we've been doing it for a while. And this was the first year where we had the most, which was like four of them complaining specifically about charging for parking and how they don't like that it's not that they're like why do these haunts charge and i'm like well there's generally various reasons normally or commonly it's because they're renting the field next door from farmer john and farmer john wants rent for his field so they charge it you know to the customers five dollars per car and then they give john his rent 
or it's for like a charity donation. We go to several where all the parking proceeds go to that. Do they tell us that? No. Is it displayed anywhere? Definitely not. We have to ask for that information. But it was interesting to me that over the years, that's something that all of these newer team members were focused on. And in the past, nobody's brought it up during the application process and asked us, why isn't this included directly in your score sheet? So I was like, people are paying a lot more attention to this parking thing. And I don't know if it's just becoming more common or whatever, but I don't, I'm not, it's not a pet peeve of mine if you charge, because I understand that sometimes you're going to have to, because it may not be your property or whatever. But if you do, or you know, someone near your haunt is charging for parking, please tell everybody. And that's all you need to do. And even if people are like, well, they don't ever read my website. So it doesn't matter if I tell them or not. We do. At least the four of us on here, we all read your website. So definitely put it on there. It's Somebody not reads them because we wouldn't keep having them if we didn't. Yeah. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah, you got to have a real, real good reason to charge for parking, in my opinion. Because I think so, too. I mean, yeah, unless it's you just don't have any control of the property and, like, you're just – they are taking advantage of their space next to your attraction to – try and charge for parking then that's on them but if you have any control over it all you i would highly consider if 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 you're able to see if you can roll that into your operating revenue instead of charging it on to the customers because that's just Mm -hmm. it's kind of a dick move (laughs) and even even if you're donating it to charity and stuff like that like just say that a portion of your proceeds go to it or Or have the sign right there where you're taking the money you don't have to charge yeah. extra for parking just to donate to somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you can give that option to the customers too. Hey, would you like to donate a dollar today for parking and it goes to such and such charity? You know, maybe I personally disagree with that charity and I don't want my money going to that. Or maybe he really likes it and he's like, you know what? I wasn't going to, but because you offered and I like those people, maybe I will. You know, yeah, if make the it optional. Like, oh. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll give you more than a dollar. Maybe I'll give you $5 or $10 because mm-hmm. I think that charity is doing such yeah. a good job. You know, it, it can go both ways there. If they're like, hey, this is this parking money is going to Hunters Against Hate. Hey, here's 10 bucks. Why not? I like what they're doing. I like their mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially if I've got it too, you know, or, you know, but the big thing is like, because that's going to be a cash only deal 99% of the time, I just need to know that I need to have a couple of bucks on me before I leave the house. That's right. same here because we are super, super, super bad at leaving the house and forgetting things. And cash is always like the number one thing we forget. And then we're like, we'll go to the bank and get it. And we don't do that either. So then we get to the haunt and we have zero money and we don't mean to do it on purpose. It just happens. And of course, we're editing reviews before we leave the house. Then we're editing reviews in the car. And then, you know, we get there and we're like, well, shit, we just passed everything that we needed, you know. And then you're like, well, ATM fee of $4 or whatever. So, but then we get to that parking lot and we don't know they're charging for parking and they're like $5. And we're like, well, we don't have $5. Well, you'll go get $5, won't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big thing. And, and, you know, it's like, I don't carry cash because there's a lot of places since 2020 that have gone cashless. There are. You know, I just got back from Cedar Point and Cedar Point in its entirety, all of their properties are completely cashless. You do not have to carry cash at all in any of those parks. And it's great because, you know, I got my card linked to my phone so I can I can zap that, you know, on all of the uh, the, the checkout terminals. And it's oh, my gosh, it makes my life so much easier. Like I could leave my wallet 
in my car or in my hotel room. It's one less thing that I have to worry about and keep track of all day. It really is nice. So that's at the haunt. <laughs> we're rolling up on the, yeah, <laughs> we're rolling up on the hour 20 minute mark here. Well, hey, we're doing good. We, we said got, hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. We, so we got time to check out this third topic here. And that's the stuff that we just cringe at when we get inside the haunts as it relates to customer service so and this usually isn't as bad you know it's there's never really that many big things no we've had a couple of teams here this last year talking about like actually tripping on stuff though that's Mm -hmm. probably the most major concerning one is your pathways you know Mm -hmm. sweep up make sure you get all your nails you know we're not playing cops and robbers you don't need spike (laughs) strips across your floor And maybe that's their theme. Make sure we can cords. You're right. <laughs> Cops and robbers. It might be kind of fun. That might be um, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but make sure there's at least enough light to where we can either see where we're going, or if we can't see where we're going, we're going to be really trusting you to make sure that that floor is nice and straight and smooth and no trips. You know, because people are tiptoeing and any little uneven threshold that there is at all, we'll find it. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we don't like playing dominoes with our group. You know, they make that glow-in-the-dark tape. All you have to do is outline, you know, ledges, the tripping hazards, really, that you can't move. That's all you And I remember do. when I was, like, a kid, like, I would drag my feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always wasn't excited about haunted houses. So, literally, I would be dragged through a haunted house. Um, <laughs> and then I loved them. Um But no, like, I remember, like, dragging my feet and stuff like that and always getting caught up, like, even, like, slight things of, like, plywood, um, which you don't really think about, like, particularly if you walk like a human being and not, like, a shuffling little, (laughs) like, I was horrible. I was quite horrible. Um, But, like, there's even, like, stuff like that that... It might not seem like a tripping hazard, again, like under normal circumstances, but most of the time, like your customers will figure out a way to injure themselves on something. Absolutely. Yep. When you started talking, Tiffany, I thought you were going to say, it's actually opposite over here. (laughs) Problems with customers tripping the floors. I mean, we really don't. (laughs) Tripping over their own shadows. It's mostly like you'll be outside again and you'll hit a mud patch. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of like mud skating. And it's not a whole thing of like what type of shoes that I wear. It's like literally (laughs) I watch like customers like run and like absolutely like face plant into mud and like continuously like keep doing that because of being so scared. Right. It's kind of like the cartoon running on top of like water. Um is entertaining <laughs> in one aspect it's horrible from like a owner or like a haunt operator aspect um it's also like really crappy for like the people themselves um but like it's just things like that uh we talked about it before when we were talking about at the haunt is just if you have hog fuel like then mud's not going to be a problem um if you have like solid concrete, just make sure it stays dry somehow. But yeah, I don't run into it all that much because most of the floors are unfinished or you're going on concrete slabs. And and speaking of pathways, make sure you have arrows or something. Don't let your customers wind up behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. We've done that before. We've done it several times. I've done, 
I've done it before. I've seen customers do it while acting while I was acting, and it's like you know, there's only so much you can do. You know, I've I've tried the method of yelling at them wrong way. I've tried tapping them on the shoulders, and that really freaks them out. Which you know, that's that's great for me as an actor because like, ooh, yeah, look at that. But we also advertise ourselves as we don't touch you. You know, and if I'm having to tap everyone on the shoulder, well, there's a problem there. You were just talking about your good customer service. Just put on that happy customer service voice as a haunt yeah. actor after you've been screaming all day. You'd be like, hey, sweetie, you're in the wrong area. Come hey, and follow sweetie. me. No. Come with me. <laughs> nope. You have, to, you have to clean it up. You have to clean up the throat. You're in my hallway <laughs> Act now. Like you just... Come here, sweetheart. <laughs> Come here, sweetheart. I'm going to show you something real fun. You're going to wish you turned left back there. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got real pretty lips, boy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come here, french fried potatoes and mustard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I'm stuck in a game of make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, believe it or not, we haven't been drinking. Nope. No, this is not totally at all. sober. Imagine if we were drinking. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what Speaking that would do. Which, we're we're going to do part two of this episode when we can all be in person, and we're going to m- turn this into a drinking game. Oh. That should be like a oh. lot of fun to see who has the worst actual experience. We'll like, do a live podcast yeah. drinking yeah. version on the on the uh, on the Patreon. We haven't started Patreon yet, but when we do, that's when we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about yeah, that. In a minute. We'll get to that. <laughs> yes, we go could to Vegas because we're going next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the last thing here is just like rude actors um, and like actors that are on their phones and stuff. There's a difference between an actor being in character and being a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're in character, you can be a little, you, your mouth can be a little more free, right? You can say certain things because it's still in character. And people are like, ah, ha, ha, funny character. But yeah, there is certainly a line there to be drawn. You know, it's, you know, there's a difference between, hey, come here, sweetie, I want to show you something real fun. And come here, you dumbass. You know, I, I both can work depending on the character, but generally speaking, the latter is not as acceptable unless you're working at Haunted Hoochie. <laughs> right. <laughs> so one of the random things I thought of while we were doing this podcast was um, something I thought was pretty poor customer service or poor representation or something along those lines was um, I'll name the two haunts in this case just because – that's what we where we were. But we were at Field of Screams in Kentucky a couple, well, probably about five years ago, I guess. And we were riding their hayride. And their their person that runs the hayride is always not in customer or not in character. But Oh, they, this was real bad. They, you know, they get on the ride and they'll, like, tell you about something. That, they're the narrators, okay? But they're just not dressed up. So they're, I would see them as a, st- you know, a normal staff member. And we get on the edge of their property where Nightmare Forest is right next door. And the person on the wagon, the narrator, says, on the count of three, I want everybody to yell, Nightmare Forest sucks. And they go, one, two, three, and the whole wagon yells it to Nightmare Forest across the woods. Except for Nora and I. Except for me and Tyler, and we're looking at each other like, seriously? I literally just wanted to bail off the I did as well of course it was moving and we couldn't but that was like the I I couldn't even believe they were having customers do that like that is so not cool like not cool at all 
and we weren't reviewing the attraction. We were just there to visit. So, you know, we could, I totally would have put something like that in a review though, but yeah, they, that was not cool. I hope that they don't do that again. We've been there since then and we haven't seen them doing that, but something like that, that's a terrible, terrible taste. Like it's bad. And then I just thought of another example too. We had a, we went out to a haunt in Indiana one night and we had never been there And they had an actor inside that came up to Tyler and I and said, hey, if you want a really good scare, go to this haunt down the road. And we're like, uh, okay. (laughs) And we come out of the haunt. He's a guest actor for the night. Yeah. Yeah, The owner was like, hey, what'd you guys think? And we told him, you know, we liked the show and everything. I said, but there was this one actor that was in this costume. And he told us that if we wanted a really good scare to go to this haunt, he was like, Oh my God, he's a guest actor for us tonight that volunteered from that haunt. And we're like, you guys don't do that. Like, that's just not cool. Like you guys are all supposed to support each other. Even if field of screams and nightmare forest, for whatever reason, don't get along. Don't have customers getting involved in all your drama. Like they don't need to know about it. They don't need to see it. And they damn sure don't need to be yelling it. So yeah. <laughs> no room for that at all. Y- you know, but right. Uh, and, you know, as we mentioned before, like we can think of better solutions for this sort of thing. You know, so Field of Screams and Nightmare Forest, they got this little feud going on, whatever, fuck them. But, you know, like there is certainly a better way to do that. When you get to that point, instead of having all your patrons yell Nightmare Forest sucks, how about you have them yell, I love Field of Screams? Yeah, that's even better. <laughs> it sends it sends the same message and it's way more positive because you're not – it's not immediately obvious to anybody on that train, on that wagon that, you know, you're trying to bash the haunt that's next door. You're just shouting your love for the haunt you're at, which yep. is mm-hmm. – yeah. Yep. OK, fine. You know, that's, that's way better. Way better. So I think I think that's about it for pet peeves. Like I said, part two, we're doing that in person. We'll do it in Vegas because, <laughs> oh, man, everything's legal there. It's going to be great, guys. It's the extreme <laughs> podcast now. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for liking, commenting, and subscribing. Make sure you visit the website, thescarefactor.com. Let us know, would you join a Patreon? And if you would, what perks would you like to have? What's, you know, what sort of levels would you be willing to pay for? You know, we're trying to get an idea of, um, you know, what we can do with that. So let us know in the comments. Would you like extra content? Would you like early access to the content? Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Let us know if you'd only be willing to pay a dollar a month or if you'd be willing to pay up to like $10 a month. We need to know these things because otherwise we're going to way overcharge and you get nothing. (laughs) So (laughs) let us know on the socials. Let us know in the comments and stuff. We'll be looking out for that over the next couple of weeks as we kind of move towards getting a Patreon set up. We also have the YouTube channel too that we can work into the the membership tiers there as well. So any input on that, uh, we can do some behind the scenes videos on some of these haunts that we go to, that sort of thing. Uh, Yeah, the the doors are wide open. We can show like – uh, extra talks that we have either about the haunts or about some of the ghost hunting stuff that we do. Yeah, we're we're an open book, folks. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you want, and, and we'll try to get it to you. Yeah, we'll see what we can do for that. Uh, Tyler, nor you guys got anything else? Just calm. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm <laughs> over here. <laughs> Everything hurts my feelings. <laughs> I'm broken. <laughs> <laughs> Everything <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta fix Tiffany. We gotta fix <laughs> Tiffany, folks. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll fix her later. 
<laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you again in the next episode of The Scare Factor Podcast Season 2. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.